Let's join together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for who you are. And those are not simply words because you are our creator, sustainer, redeemer. You made us. You have a purpose for our life. You call to us. You came to us in Jesus Christ. And you're calling to us now. Lord, I pray for those around the world that, uh, that, that give their lives to go, uh, to unreached peoples, uh, to people that uh, have a different language, different skin color. Pray for Josh and Jenny. Pray for other friends and missionaries and church planners around the world. I pray that you would instill uh, in me, uh, in us, uh, a greater desire for your kingdom. That people would find life and find life in Christ. Whether that is on East Northside Drive, in Jackson, Mississippi, or in another culture across the world, that's our, our call to go. You push us outwards. Help us go. Help us go in Christ, because of Christ, and for Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. If y'all would, you can turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. Acts 2, that is, uh, that's where we'll be in today. Uh, I'm going to read in a moment Acts 2, verse 37 through 41. Uh, before I, I do this, I want to ask y'all a, uh, a question, just really to think about. And it's a simple question. It's what do Christians do? Like, if, if, if you, if we, if we call ourselves by the name of Christ, what, what do Christians do? And, and you may immediately think, as, as I would, well, you know, I mean, they go to church. Uh, or they go to church and, like, sometimes maybe go to a small group. Or, or sometimes you might think, as, as often uh, we're raised, uh, no offense, mom and dad, they're here today to raise me, but some, often you can think, like, well, don't smoke, you know, don't drink, and don't do sex for marriage. And, and, um, and that's what they told me, and, I didn't always abide. Love them, you know. Okay. Love y'all. It's okay. I'm going to make fun of myself a little bit. It's okay. But often we hear, like, that's what you do as Christians. I mean, amen? Or maybe I'm off there. Okay, maybe I'm off there. But that's what I heard. And that's what often you can hear growing up. And then you hear, like, well, go to church and, you know, you pray. Here's my point, Ben. How much of your Christian life is defined by who you feel like you should be? Versus who you are. And that's a real, I mean, that, that's as serious as it gets. Because often in our world, I mean, we're like raised in Christ. So you grow up, well, I should be like this as Christian. And it doesn't like naturally flow out of who we are. And that's, you know, I do think that's part of my call. Like a personal call here. Because I, I grew up saying, well, I, I should be like this. And Jesus really didn't register in my heart. It's just kind of go through the motion. Yeah, I need to go to church. Oh, I need to pray, right? I need to read my Bible. Oh, I need, maybe go to a group every now and then. Oh, hey, mission trip, that sounds interesting. And I want it to just flow out of who you are. Like you're, like you're really saved. And it's, it encompasses every area of your life, every relationship. That is Christianity. That it, it, he indwells in you. And you go. And there's a mission and there's a purpose. And you don't just like go because you should or like, yeah, well, pastor says I should or, you know, it's who you are. We're in this series in August we call Raise Your Gaze. 
And that's what I just talked about. In that Jesus calls us to raise our gaze, our sights, to who you are, to who we are. And I would challenge you to raise your gaze, who you are as a Christian. Uh, It is tied to our mission statement of raising leaders and the idea of raise and raise more. Should be up on the screen. R, we've talked about all year, rise with God. A, last week we've talked about affirm the family. Today, I invest in his church, in Jesus' church. I invest in a church. It's also tied to our founding verse, John 10, 16. Love this verse. It's what Jesus calls us to. It's what he does. Jesus says, there are others. I must go to them. They will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. And if Jesus goes, then we're to go as well. Go is the theme today because to invest is to go. Think about it. If you invest in a life, if you invest in a relationship, if you invest in a friend or a potential friend, you go to them. You hang with them. Uh, To invest in a group or a church, I mean, you go. To invest in a community, you go. To invest in a world for Christ, you go. You saw Josh. He went. And look, not everybody's called to go plant a church in the desert, you know, and that's not Arizona. You know, that's the Emirates. But some are. Some are. And they follow the call. So I'd also challenge all of us, myself included, do we go or do we just guess? And that's a, that's a legit question for our life. Do you go? I mean, are you clear in the faith? Are you clear in what is God, God is calling you to do? Even if it's like, well, I don't know where, but I know God's calling me to go. Are you just kind of like playing your life as guesswork? Well, I guess I'm a Christian. I mean, I guess I need to do something. I guess I need to come to church. So many go about their Christian life as guesswork. Or is there like real clarity in call, in baptism, in belief, in life, in Jesus? Go or guess. I want us all to be clear. I want us all to go. How do you do that? You're like, all right, easy to say, how do you do it? Well, let's look at Acts 2, verse 37 through 41. Acts 2, 37 through 41. And it uh, tells a lot in these five verses. It reads, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Amen. Amen indeed. So, first off, verse 37, this is after a sermon. Peter's preached a sermon, and the people respond and say, what shall we do? I mean, you've preached, what shall we do? You ever felt like that after a sermon? 
You're like, never here. Just kidding. It's okay. It's cool. It's cool. I'm make fun of myself, okay? It's cool. So what do you do? I mean, I felt that way. Often you can go through it be like, what do we do? What do we do, preacher? And Peter makes it clear. He makes it plain. Makes it crystal. First thing, what do we do? What do you do? To be a Christian, you go to God. Before you go to the world, before you go to others, before you go to your children, before you go to a friend, go to God. Go to God. And Peter lays it out how. He says, Peter said to them, repent and be baptized. Repent first. And let me be clear about this. Let me stress this because often the idea of repentance is like so negative. And also there's the idea that we really don't have to repent unless it's like, you know, some, some monumental explicit sin. And so, you know, we come to church, we're like, well, you know, I, I'm faithful to my spouse. You know, I don't really need to repent or I'm, I'm doing good. I don't really need to repent. We all need to repent. I need to repent daily, more than once a day. Because repentance is not a negative deal. It's a positive deal. To repent, you're getting more of God. This is a, to repent, you get more of God. Because you're saying, I, I can't do it on my own, Lord, but I know you can. Charles Spurgeon said, we are born sinners and we need to be born saints. And that's the truth of the gospel. We're born sinners. We repent daily. God, I need more of you. And we can be born again to be born as saints. What we'll see today. And you're like, I don't know about a saint, you know, stained glass. But in the Bible, I say this over and over again. When the, see the word saints, that just simply means Christians. We're born sinners. We need to be born saints. So he says, repent. Go to God. Repent. Also, be baptized. Let me say this. If, if you would call yourself Christian, if you would say, you know, I, I'm in Christ, you need to be baptized. Why? Not because anything I say or any other preacher, pastor, missionary, leader. It's what the Bible says. Peter, repent and be baptized. You're like, well, what about me? He says, every one of you. Every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ. What we're about to do is not, they're not just getting wet, not just dunking them. It is in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. And what we see, and I really hope all you can see today, and you, I may get in trouble with this, feel free to stand on the chairs if you can't see. Seriously, it's okay. Uh, I don't care. Some others, probably, I'll get in trouble. But anyway, you stand on your chairs. But it's not just the dunking. It's not just, you know, symbolic. We're seeing in the name of Jesus the washing away, the forgiveness of sins, what the Holy Spirit has already done in the hearts of these individuals, and we're celebrating that. So Peter says, be baptized, everybody, in Jesus' name, for the forgiveness of your sins, washed new, born again, as Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Often, I think, People live as they feel they should as Christians, and it does not indwell in them, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, because they hadn't received the gift. The penny hadn't really dropped. I mean, Jesus says, if you receive the Holy Spirit, Acts 1.8, you will be my witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. If you've got the Holy Spirit in you, 
you're going. Again, it may be to your neighbor, it may be across the world, maybe both. But there, there is a desire to see the world come to know Christ. Because I know this, as I talk to people, and you know this in your relationships, there is a need for life. People are broken. People are seeking and searching. And if you've got it, you, you're compelled by something outside yourself to share it. The gift of the Holy Spirit does that. Baptize forgiveness, but it does it in there. The gift of the Holy Spirit, Acts 1-8, to go. So go to God first. And then, go to others. Look at verse 38. Actually, 39. Peter says, the promise is for you and your children, all who are far off. Go to others. Promise, that word, that simple word. Has anybody ever said, I promise you? Anybody ever broken a promise to you? Probably yes and yes. God gives us a promise, a promise of life. Jesus says, I come to give you life and give it abundantly. It's not just fire insurance for heaven. It's life today. Purpose, family, meaning, joy, a promise that will never be broken for all of you says, for your children. We'll have children baptized today. Praise God. That there are parents raising their children in the name of the Lord. And that we, as the family of Jesus, should raise our children. So why don't we ask and invite all the kids to come up to watch. I love how Peter throws this in. For your children. He doesn't say for you. He says for your children. And then all who are far off. I love that. All who are far, all who think that Jesus would not come for them or to them. All who would think, you know, I'm no good. All who would think I'm too dirty. All who would think I've slept with too many people. All who think I've been wasted too many times. All who think I've been on too many drugs. All who think I've stolen too much money and tried to do it legally. All who are far off, Peter throws in there. It's John 10, 16, others. Another verse, John 12, 32, be up on the screen. Jesus says, when I'm lifted up on high, when he's on the cross, I will draw all men to myself. Jesus is calling you, every one of you. Jesus is coming after all of us, everybody. Why? Because he loves you. Why? Because he knows that we need life. Why? Because he has life. And we're to go to others. We have him in us. We go. So go to God. Go to others. And then, by the way, go again. Go again. As in, like, don't stop. It's interesting, verse 40. See, the penny doesn't drop first time. If you notice this, if you go into Scripture, I mean, Peter preaches first. Then they say, what do we do? So, like, the sermon does not necessarily connect initially. And if you read the sermon, Peter goes through all this history and says, like, what do we do? Then Peter says, we'll do this and do that. And then still, verse 40 he continues. So you got to go again. You got to say it again. You got to preach again, over and over again. He continues to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. Very often, I mean, I know because I preach every week, but you preach every week too. We got to go again. That those people who are far off to our kids, we got to say it over and over again. We've got to preach the gospel over and over again. Preach it 
and if necessary, use words with our lives. Peter continues. We got to continue. We got to go again. And he says, save yourself from this crooked generation. It's interesting how Peter used the word crooked, crooked. And you think about crooked, you know, you have a straight line and crooked, and I mean, I, I've barely flagged a C in geometry. But like, you know, you know you're crooked and this way and that. I mean, and he says crooked generation. And, and it is the same today. I mean, what do you mean? You know, don't, don't like all paths kind of move in the same direction? That's, that's part of the, you know, trying to figure out, like, see young folks, our youth, going to college, in college, oh, I'm going to try this and, and then go here. and It's really trying to feel my way. And so many people are on a crooked path. And Jesus, again, it's clear, it's straight. I mean, no pun intended, we think straight and narrow, but it is, it's clear that you see it, you can move into it. I mean, there's a reason he said, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He makes it clear. He makes it plain. It's straight. It's straight. It's not like, well, this, this, this. Another great verse, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, going into a straight path. Look what it says. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. So when we live, as today, in a crooked generation, if we know Jesus and in all of our lives, if we acknowledge Him, those of y'all who are like, man, I don't want to do with my life. Those in high school, man, you know, my parents are giving me so much flack all the time. Those in college, like, what do I major in? Those, you know, 30 plus or 40 plus, you know, Minivan, three kids, you know, mid, you know what do I do? Jesus, in all your ways acknowledge Him. He makes your path straight. He gives clarity. He gives purpose. So invest in Him. Go to Him. Go to God, go to others, and go again. And it's not rocket science. Go to God, go to others, go again. It's not rocket science in that sometimes we've got to go again and again and again. Because there are very real things that make the world and life look crooked. And we've got to keep going. So last thing before we move into the baptism is the result. When you invest, there's always a return on your investment. With Christ, with the kingdom. There's always a return. Verse 41, those who received his word were baptized. There were added that day about 3,000 souls. A number given 3,000. There's always a return on your investment. You're like, I don't know why I'm doing this church deal, you know, this, this Jesus deal. I mean, come to church. You know, what's, what's the point? Penny probably hadn't dropped. Because you know if you go to God and you go to others and you go again, it's going to be challenging, but there is a return. And sometimes it's for you, for your heart, for your soul, for your blessing. And other times it is for others. It may be one life, it may be ten, it may be, in this case, thousands. There's always a return. There's always a number, and it starts with one. One life. And not yours and not mine, the life of Christ. His life. His life, if you look to him, your life will start multiplying. There'll be blessings, there'll be joys, there'll be purpose. One life changes another life. Through that life can change many lives. A pastor, mentor, and friend told me 
God can do so much more through you than you can ever do for him. I want you to know this. One life, Jesus, changes our life. So I just, I'd end with some other questions. Again, what do you do as a Christian? How much of your life is like, well, I should do this, or is it who you are? And we want it to be who you are, that Jesus indwells in you, and you go out for him. So seriously, who are you investing in? Who are you investing in? Is it Jesus? Is it others? Where are you investing your time? When will you start? You start today? When will you start again? Because some of us need to start again. We start in Jesus. Y'all pray with me. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the blessing of life, and I thank you for Jesus. As we see these lives that he has changed and is changing, I pray that we would give our life to you or give our life to you again for a purpose, for a meaning, for a world in need of you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.